Hello and welcome. <clears throat> that Sorry. was the most beautiful intro you've ever done. It was done. nice. Can we keep that for our outtakes? Hello and welcome back to Thirsty, the podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today, we're talking about making holidays your own after divorce. We're so excited to be talking to you today. Just a few things to cover. As you may or may not know, we've recently launched a subscription series called The Thirst Trap. If you subscribe and it is only $1.99 a month, so cheap. And if you do it for a year at a time, it's even cheaper. You get two extra bonus episodes a month that are just for subscribers. And then you also get a 10% discount in the Thirsty Shop where we have all kinds of hats, stickers, mugs, sweatshirts, t-shirts. I own many of those things. They are super cozy and super fun. Highly recommend. So if you want to support us, we do, uh, we just want to let you know that those things are going on. (laughs) If you enjoy this podcast and you have someone in your life that you think could really uh, benefit from it, maybe they're going through a divorce or recently divorced, or you just think they would enjoy it, please share. Share it with the people in your network and around you. We're trying to build a community here uh, and help this and help these stories reach people that maybe could benefit from it. So please do that. If you like us, leave us a review and rate us. If you don't like us, you can keep it to yourself. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But we do, you know, all those ratings and reviews are helpful to us on uh, a lot of the podcast platforms. So please do that. If you are willing, we read each one, we check it out. So subscribe, rate, review, go shopping. All those kinds of things are, are things that help us, help support the show and help us keep going, keep doing this um, and hopefully reach people that this is helpful to. All right. So today we are talking about, you know, as we've talked about many times, Heather and I are both divorced and we've got kids. And as we've learned on this journey, divorce can change your life in so many ways, in a lot of great ways, and some other ways that are, you know, sometimes a little bit more of a challenge or not what you expected, or there's just a lot. And there's a lot that, um, you know, for your kids is really different as well when you go through a divorce and they're in separate households and all kinds of changes happening. And one thing, especially because it's the season, it's December, lots of holiday stuff has been happening. And, you know, Heather and I have both, you know, noticed a lot around the idea of holidays, post-divorce life. There are so many things that you can control. And there are also so many things that you kind of have to let go of in this kind of new, new life you're crafting. And I will say too, it's an opportunity to reimagine what holidays look like for you and in your new life. And I know for me, I feel much more free to take another look at holidays and really ask, what do my kids want to do? What do I want to do? And then we go do it. And it's kind of a nice opportunity to do that. And quite honestly, I think everybody can do that, (laughs) whether or not you're divorced. Like, I feel like holiday seasons get so just wild with that. have to do this, have to buy that, have to go here, have to do all of these things. And no matter where you're at, it is a great opportunity to reevaluate and decide what you really want to do. Yeah. I mean, I know whenever I say it and whenever I hear someone else say it, anytime someone uses the word have, have to, my response is, do you? (laughs) 
you really? Um, so I think if you ca- you catch yourself using that phrase, maybe uh, ask yourself, do you? Do you really have to do it that way? What do you want to do? I know. One thing that the p- pandemic let me let go of was going to see Santa with my kids and having to book it. And I would always be late on making the reservation. It'd be stressful and you'd find the right Santa. And then everyone had to see it look nice. And it's nine o'clock in the morning at a mall. And it was awful. And I'm so glad that's gone for my life. And we've just never gone back there. It's been the most freeing feeling to just not do that anymore. Yeah. If it's not fun, why are you doing it? Yeah. I mean, real. I don't care. <laughs> This is going to sound funny. I don't care if 10 generations of your family have done it. Do you, do you have to do it? If it's really terrible, <laughs> do you have to do it? Maybe don't, or no. maybe say you did, maybe don't and say you did. <laughs> also on a tangent of divorce, we've done it since we've been divorced. We've done the Santa photos and it's also terrible at nine o'clock in the morning at a shopping mall with your crabby kids to have to then sit for photos with your ex-husband because they just, you're there as a family. And mm-hmm. so they see you together and they're like mm-hmm. the most unflattering, bad lighting photos ever. And you're like all together. It's, it's weird. I, I have to say, <laughs> I was watching a, a movie. There's a new movie, I think on prime video called people you hate at the wedding. And Ooh, I want to watch that. Well, it's making, I'm not spoiling anything. I promise it's right at the beginning. So I'm, I'm not spoiling anything, but they have a, they have a blended family. That's part of this story. And whenever their kids are at the mall, they don't want to pay to go back multiple times. So they're in with Sienna. And so they just do, they all brought <laughs> rabbit ears. And so they just change what they're wearing. So they just pay for the one four picture package and then just use <laughs> it for each one. Because the reason is that one of their daughters lives in England with her dad. And so they only get to see her at that time. So that's why they do all their family pictures at that one time. And they do all the family pictures and they celebrate Mother's Day, all the holidays, all at once. It was really funny. That's funny, but I'm sure they were also terrible photos. Sorry. Oh yeah. Sorry, Santa Mall photographers, but no. (laughs) You and your standards. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've gotten some bad photos from those experiences and you pay so much for them. And it's just like, and you know, you're not going to tell people, you know, that are seating you that you're whatever, you just go with it and you sit and you're in these awkward photos together. It's it's terrible. The the terrible is part of the charm, I guess. (laughs) All right. Let's start with what do you have to let go of once you divorce? I have, you know, something that's A big one for me is, you know, certain holidays that are important to me and having to give up my children on those holidays. And this is interesting because as we've established in many different episodes, Heather, you and I have very different approaches with how we do things, how our custody schedules are, all of that stuff. So the way that my custody is split, we trade off Christmas and then we trade off Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. That's not right. We trade uh, the way my custody is split. We trade off Thanksgiving and then we trade off Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So if I have my kids on Thanksgiving, I don't have them on Christmas Eve, which is how it is this year. And that's that's a tough one for me because I want them on Christmas Eve and filling their stockings and getting up the next morning. Like, I really like all of that. And that's a tough one for me. And the first year I had to do it was Christmas of 2020. So it was also like isolated alone because no one was traveling. My family wasn't here. I didn't have anybody. And then I didn't have my kids on Christmas Eve. I was like the saddest person ever. (laughs) I was gonna say my, you know, my kids though, they like, they rallied though. Like that year was the first year we had done it that way. Cause I think, you know, they were bummed to not be with me because they know like, 
Well, they don't know I filled the stockings, but I feel like they felt like I had good stockings at my house. Um, but they came over middle of the day on Christmas day when their dad brought them over. And then they immediately got in the matching Christmas pajamas that I do every year for them. And they were in their PJs ready to open gifts. Like they were really cute about it. And I really loved that. Yeah. I mean, we are really different in that way. I I have a real Grinch side, I guess, because I just am not attached to the day at all. We fully swap off all the holidays. There's no such thing as a split holiday. Like this year, I got the kids fully for Thanksgiving and my ex is getting them fully for Christmas. I'm not going to see them for eight days straight. I'm not seeing them from like December 23rd to like the 30th, I think, or something like that. And I'm really okay with it. I really am because you know what? We're doing our own Christmas and we're going to do our own Christmas like next weekend. It's going to be... So when this airs, my Christmas is happening like five days after this airs, fully in the middle of December. I'm just not attached to the day. I'm really not. Like, I don't know. My household is very, uh, I I don't know how to put it. Like, I I guess very, uh, what do you want to do? There are, we have rules. Like, I don't mean like that, but I mean, like, we don't have arbitrary rules. We could have Christmas on December 15th. It will still be really fun. I mean, we have a whole weekend plan. We are going all out. We're going to do uh, make your own pizza night. We're going to watch a Christmas movie. We're going to do Christmas morning on like December 17th <laughs> in the morning on a Saturday. And then we're going to go see the Nutcracker that night. The next day, there's this fun Christmas market here in Chicago where you can go ice skating and ride all kinds of rides and hot chocolate and stuff. We're going to do that the next day. The kids are so excited. I'm so excited. It's going to be so fun. I'm just not attached to the day. I did have my very first Christmas was so sad because I, well, it wasn't actually sad. I had a great day. I was fully by myself. I bought a $70 bottle of champagne and then ate a DiGiorno (laughs) for Christmas (laughs) dinner. I had an $8 pizza and then a very expensive bottle of champagne. I watched movies all day. I hung out with people on Zoom. It was actually a great day. (laughs) I don't know. For me, it's, it's just a date. For me, it's just a date and I know and I respect and everyone's feelings are valid because I know a lot of people, if not most people, are devastated at the idea of not being with their kids on Christmas. I'm fine. It's just a day. It's just a date. Um, I feel like I can create those memories on a different day and we have a lot of fun. I feel like I'm a really creative mom and we have fun parties and we put it all together. We have a great time and it's okay that it maybe happened on January 9th. (laughs) You know, it's okay. I think it shows too, like how adaptable kids are. Like if you're fine with it, then they're fine with it. Like yours, they're fine with the fact that, you know, you're doing an additional Christmas at a different point in time from when they're doing it with their dad. And that's totally fine. And my kids are fine with doing it over there. And then again, getting the PJs on and pretending like they had just woken up here and doing Christmas as well. And quite honestly, they love that they get to Christmas and birthdays and all that. They think it's a blast. So yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? I really think the kids only care if you make it a negative thing. Like I I think where people get caught up is they have a hard time adapting. The key here is adapt, evolve and adapt uh, to your new life. I think if you get the worst thing you can do is get stuck back in the way it used to be. Things are different now. So you're going to be better off accepting that and redesigning it, you know, for your new life. Another thing I was thinking of was this idea of having kind of your whole family together on holidays. Um, We did like a full from the point that we separated households 
we have other than birthdays and things like that, we have, and we trick or treat together. Those that's our one exception, but otherwise we are fully like separate with how we do holidays. We don't do really any overlap in things. Um, how have you ha- handled that Heather, as far as with your ex and do you do anything together or is it very, very separate? We used to do things together. We used to do things together. Cause I think I was a little bit naive and I thought, so, I mean, I, I will be pretty honest. My co-parent and I do not have a great relationship. We don't like, Truly, I don't really speak to him unless I absolutely have to because it just never goes well. For the sake of the kids, we did try doing holidays together for a while and everyone behaved. Like I I will say, I never say a bad word about him to the kids ever, ever, ever. And I don't think he does either. But it was just so, um, it it didn't work. It just didn't work. Like truly, it ruined the day for me because it was just so tense And there were a lot of things going on where I felt edged out, where I wasn't able to have time with the kids. Mm -hmm. I also felt um, it it just doesn't work to be pretending like everything's okay. And then back where the kids can't see, I'm getting not so great text messages. Yeah. You know, like I I don't, as we've spoken about before, one of my top values is being 100% authentic at all time. And it doesn't sit well with me for someone to be really nice to me to my face in front of the kids while while maybe an hour before sending me text messages that are really mean for mm-hmm. no reason. So we stopped, I, I put the kibosh on it. You know, I, I did try to do that for a while, but it doesn't work. And so now we are just separate. We just do our own thing according to our schedule. I would love to live that life. You know, Glenn and Doyle talks a lot about like, oh, we're a modern family and they've like somehow figured it out. I kind of get frustrated with that because that is not most people's reality. And a lot of people don't have control over it. Would I like to have that life? Yes, I would. But it's not possible with the situation that I have and the people that are involved. It's never going to be that fun, modern family type situation where everyone is forgiven and moved on and is okay. And so holidays just don't work together anymore. So we don't. Yeah. And also, I mean, even if that does work in that way, I like being able to create what I want to do with the kids and having it be my own and having being fully comfortable in a way where if other people are added into the mix, the dynamic changes. Like I like that I get to create what works for us in this house and he gets to create what works for him in that house. And I think there is a reason that we are not together is that it didn't work together and that's okay and I think it's okay to be fine with that that you don't have to force something to work that you don't have to keep up these appearances for the kids that we do all of these things together for them because if you were going to keep up those appearances then you would still be under the same roof together like you made a decision to not be together in that way and trying to keep up this idea that we do these things together as a family like doesn't really make sense. Like, again, I I did the Santa pictures together because that was obviously something we weren't going to do twice with the kids. And so we did that. We trick or treat together because we're not going to, you know, have them go in each other's neighborhoods. Just makes sense that they all do it once. That's about my max of what I would want to do as far as crossover. And then the occasional joint birthday party, which I really enjoyed COVID for that as well, because it took birthday parties out of the mix. Yeah. Now that's kind of back on the table. And so trying to figure out that crossover, but like getting into Christmas, Thanksgiving, other things like I, I wouldn't want to have all of that together. 
Although I will say it's created some issues this year at Christmas, which makes me laugh so hard. So my kids are so innocent and so sweet and it's so ridiculous. They still believe in Santa. Yeah, I was going to ask how you handle Santa with that. Well, this year we had our first big issue. <laughs> um, so I was talking to the kids and it actually happened twice. Like this whole like I need them to stop believing in Santa because it's causing some issues. Mm-hmm. So this this year... Um, actually a few weeks ago, I asked, I said, Hey guys, we need to write letters to Santa. And then, or my son said, yes, we need to write letters to Santa. My daughter popped in. I was like, no, we don't need to do that. We wrote letters to Santa last night with their dad and we sprinkles. That's our elf on the shelf took it and she took it to Santa. So Santa's already got it. Mom, you don't need it. Santa's already got it. We're, we're all set. I was like, oh, okay. And then there's another time we were on a, a little light tour and there was an elf there. And apparently she told the elf what she wanted for Christmas. And I oh. said, oh, well, you need to tell me. And she was like, no, I, I took care of it already. Santa knows. I'm like, great. <laughs> so I cannot find out what my daughter wants for Christmas. And it's really a whole thing. <laughs> but is Santa coming to your house early? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, this is what I learned. Don't do your Christmas in January. Do it earlier. Beat it to the punch. So that's what I'm doing. Just in case you buy the same thing the other person does. I got in there first. See, we coordinate (laughs) on Santa gifts. So we... Well, I would like to. I would like to coordinate. We share the cost of it. And then, um, which is nice, right? And then um, whoever's house that the kids are sleeping at, that's where Santa comes. But Santa also comes to the other house with stockings because that's important. (laughs) That's important to mom, basically. Um, But yeah, so we we coordinate on all of that and we talk about it like, oh, they want this. And or we might try and steer them in a different direction because they can ask for one thing is our rule. Um, So we do coordinate on that piece of it. My kids would not accept things coming or there would be too many questions if he's coming early and at both houses on different days none of that would fly here your kids are much kinder to you on that one <laughs> yeah I guess so I guess so well we've never been very delineated about it either so because they think all the gifts are from Santa oh yeah no my kids get to ask for one thing but it can't I didn't be... grow up with Santa. I didn't grow up with Santa I don't know how it's supposed to be like when I grew up I heard all my friends talking about like oh you know, like the way I was doing it, they're like, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, what? How can you do it wrong? And they're like, no, it, it needs to be in special gift wrap or it needs to be unwrapped totally. And mm-hmm. this whole thing. And I was like, what? I didn't, I didn't grow up with Santa. So I don't know. I don't know these things. <laughs> yeah, my kids are allowed to ask for one thing, but it cannot be in a living animal and okay. it cannot be an electronic because I don't want them to feel like that Santa can bring iPads and phones and all yeah, of this other stuff because Santa's I feel like those big presents. I would want them to know if we did that, that it came from us mm-hmm. and not from Santa. This is a total Santa rabbit hole clearly that we're having. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Santa's got a budget. He's got a very long list. Okay. All right. So taking a step back from Christmas, <laughs> um, another, um, you know, other things that come up over the course of the year as you are divorced is that, um, you know, your birthday and Mother's Day, they look and feel a little bit different. How has that been for you, Heather? Um, well, it's actually gotten better. I mean, there are two, this is going to kind I'm going to kind of like shoot ahead a little bit here. You know who made me think differently about this was you. 
because you had, and I know we were going to talk about this in a minute, but we're just going to go straight there for a second. Laura, the way you handled your birthday really made me think about things differently. And it really sent me down a rabbit hole of somehow Mother's Day has become Martyr's Day, which I think is kind of funny. Like if you're in any like mom's groups on Facebook, you're going to on Mother's Day see a whole just plethora of posts about how their partner screwed it up again, like all over. Mm-hmm. And it really sits wrong with me because it feels like, aren't you a grown up? Like when did Mother's Day become Martyr's Day? You want to go to the mall all day? You want to go to movies all day? Do you want to go to a park and read all day? Do you want to hang out in the backyard? Do you want to go to a hotel? Guess what? You're a grown up and you get to do those things. Like why are, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think I have a big issue with that now. In addition to the fact that all these people are complaining about how their partner didn't do anything. And there's a whole bunch of people out there who don't have a partner to do anything for them. <laughs> You know, like take a, take a step back here. But yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. It feels like we set all these traps essentially to see if our partner's going to, you know, screw it up. And it's just like, to be honest, it's a little frustrating. So now I do what I want on Mother's Day, especially. I will, we just decide, like, what are we going to do? We'll go get brunch. Me and my kids love brunch. We'll go get pancakes. Mm-hmm. It's fun. We watch movies all day. There are no rules. All we do all day is everything we want. I make the rules. It's great. Yeah, it definitely shifted for me because, again, when I was married, I was like, oh, I get to sleep in on Mother's Day and have a good breakfast in bed and do whatever I want to do. And it's all about me. And I really didn't spend any time with my children on Mother's Day. I mean, you did, but like it was different, right? And it was like this hall pass of a day. And now that that's different. I'm like, oh, I'm spending like nice quality time with the kids and they do thoughtful things for me and they think about it. And the breakfast that they serve me is like gross, but like, they're so proud of doing it. And it has been so much more enjoyable. Like you said, like not waiting for someone to do something for you. Just, yeah, just own it and do it. And like, I set up little things for my kids to be successful. Like I'll make sure I have iced coffee in the fridge so that they can serve me coffee in the morning. Cause they're not old enough to actually make hot coffee. So that there are little things that they know that they can do for me, that they know is meaningful for me. And I've kind of just, you know, crafted that so that they feel empowered and proud of what they're doing and not like they aren't enough or can't do enough. So honestly, my mother's days have been so much more enjoyable since I've been single than, or since I've been divorced and when I was married for sure. Yeah. I mean, and part of it too, and this is another lesson that I think you don't need to be divorced to take, like maybe reset your expectations. Like, why are you trying to set out these traps for someone else to either succeed on or fail on? Why don't you just do what you want? Like, at what point did that become the rule that other people have to do that? I, I, I don't know. That That's a big thing I think about that I've definitely learned over the last few years. Yeah. And quite honestly, like my ex-husband and I, again, our, our co-parenting situations are different, Heather, but you know, he and I exchange Christmas gifts for each other, birthday gifts for each other, you know, from the kids to us. And then, you know, for mother's day, the kids, he always has the kids pick out very nice um, flowers from the floors that get sent to me, which are lovely. And I always make sure that, you know, we have something for him or some, you know, something he can do with the kids or whatever. And so that always works really well. And I like that the kids see that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think it's really helpful that the kids see us prioritizing each other, that they, you know, every year for their dad's birthday, he wants something made out of 
blueberries or they say I don't I actually don't know if he likes blueberry desserts as much as they say he does but I will bake him something with blueberries because that's what they want to give him and so we do that and um it's good because then they have those memories of us still doing those things for each other and they they see that even though he and I don't interact in person very often but we do thoughtful things for each other and I think it's more thoughtful in certain ways than it was when we were married so it it works it works for us that must be nice. Sorry. <laughs> I think I got a video game for my last birthday. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there it's a miss, but it is, again, if the kids are excited about it and feel good about it, then it works. Yeah. Now, I do want to talk about this because I really love what you did for your birthday last year. You had a big, this big mindset switch about it, about waiting for someone else to do it for you. I would love for you to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it was a milestone birthday for me, and I was kind of crabby about it. And I was dating someone, but it wasn't at a point where I, I felt like he should have to plan my birthday for me for a milestone birthday. I feel like that's a lot of pressure. It's just a lot of pressure. And so I decided that I I thought about what I wanted to do. And I wanted to have dinner with a group of girlfriends. And then I wanted to spend the weekend at a hotel in the city that I've always loved, but I've never stayed at. And so I did those things and I booked it. And the person that I was dating, he stayed with me for the weekend. He met my girlfriends after dinner. Um, and we did brunch and museum and nice dinner and all of this fun stuff. And it was great. And it was what I wanted to do. And again, there was no feeling of being let down because I planned it. So you can't get let down if you're the one who's owning what you're doing and making the decisions. And that's the point. The point is to spend the time with people you care about and doing something fun or whatever feels good to you. And again, not waiting for someone to plan this super special thing for you. If you're going to be particular, if there's something that you want, then you're a grown up and you should just go and do it. Yeah, I totally agree. You're a grown up, do what you want whether you're married or single or whoever you are, buy yourself a gift, plan experience, do something that you're excited about. You know, it's not less special because someone else, you know, magically intuited what you wanted. You know, I don't know when that became a thing, but yeah, I, that was very eye opening to me and it, it made me see a lot of things differently. I think also something I had thought about was that you know, when someone who is partnered has a birthday or when we talk about Mother's Day or whatever, it's so common to ask, you know, well, what did they do for you for your birthday? It's not about them. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if what that, you know, like it's, it's taking all of the focus on the wrong thing. Like, Ooh, did they mess up or not? Did they do the right thing? Did you no? Like, did you have a nice birthday? Did you enjoy what you, what you did? What did you like? It, it, like the, I feel like it's just setting these weird expectations on this other person. It's not their birthday. Why does it matter what they did? Maybe they're not great at gift giving, or maybe they didn't have time, or maybe you're not clear about what you want, or maybe you're never happy when someone does something for you. And then it's just like set up for failure. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Let's just jump to the end where it's fun and nobody's crying Yes, (laughs) or sad or mad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Traveling around certain holidays. You know, maybe in the past you used to go on trips and do things like that. I mean, for me, since I swap off holidays fully, I, I can I can do that, but that's not most people. 
Yeah. Yours, yours works for that. Mine doesn't. And my family's not local. And so it just, the, you know, we just did an early Christmas trip with my family because I can't take them anywhere around Christmas. So that's kind of, uh, it's kind of a bummer because it locks in my family to have to plan around us to a certain degree. Um, because the way our time works and how my kids feel about it, that they would, you know, especially for Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving, they could probably give or take on, but like for Christmas, they would want to see both parents. All right. What are some of the ways you made holidays your own? And I, I know both of you and I have spent a lot of time talking about it. Uh, what are some of the things that you do that you've just reimagined what holidays look like? Well, I think, you know, one thing that you and I have found is that go have fun for things. If you want to go have fun last year, we didn't have kids and we went to a spa and did a fancy brunch on Thanksgiving. And it was awesome. It was so everyone I've told that we did that. So y'all, we picked a fancy resort. We went for two days. We spent the entire time doing things like getting massages, uh, hot tubs. Um, I did smoke a cigar. I'm not a smoker. I promise, but (laughs) I did that. Uh, we got dressed up. We did zero work, zero cooking. We hung out. It was the most wonderful Thanksgiving. And it also made me determine to never cook for a holiday again. I remember all those years of like, I would spend all day on a holiday cooking, cooking, cooking. And I would actually be upset because everyone would be out drinking and having fun in the front room. And I was like stuck in the kitchen cooking and I didn't like it. And so I'm never doing that again. From now on, like if I am at home, I'm ordering the food. Whole Foods, okay, hot tip. Whole Foods has these holiday meals mm-hmm. that you can cater and they're not even expensive. And I know great. Whole and Whole Foods, I know is whole paycheck most of the time. But when it comes to the holiday meals, you can get a whole delicious feast for four to six people and it's like $199, which honestly, I will spend more than that buying all the ingredients and then all day trying to do it in my kitchen brining the turkey and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just no, just go buy it and then you have fun. And here's the other thing. If people are coming over, just stick them in your own dishes. No one's going to know you bought it. They'll think you cooked it. Yeah, that is, I've, I've done a whole foods holiday meal many times and it is great. Um, and then going back to Thanksgiving, like this year we took the kids, you and I to Mm -hmm. that same place we went to last year. And again, we had fun. The kids had fun. We didn't cook anything. We were at a water park on Thanksgiving day. I mean, we had so much fun. It It was so fun. Better than that. (laughs) Yeah. When the kids had a great time too. Here's the thing. Like so much of this is stuff we put on ourselves. We made so many great memories. So we, my, one of my kids is obsessed with water slides. And I think I went down the water slide. He kept asking me, mom, will you go down the water slide? Mom, go down the water slide with me. And I think we, I went down it with him. Like, I don't know, at least 10 times. And he remembered it. And he actually said, he said, mom, I love spending time with you. Like you're making these memories with these kids. Like there's no menu, like do what you think is going to be the best. We had a great holiday and it was very different from all the Thanksgivings we've had before. Yeah, it was great. And again, my kids were like, this doesn't feel like Thanksgiving. I'm like, well, let's think about all the Thanksgivings where you've thrown a fit because you didn't like the food or didn't want to wait for the food or like all this stuff. Or my favorite was when I told them we were doing this and my oldest looked at me and she's like, we're going to miss all of the delicious food that you make us for Thanksgiving. And I just looked at her and I'm like, 
who makes your Thanksgiving meals? And she listed off all the other people in her life who have made her a Thanksgiving meal. And I am not one of them because I don't really cook. And so I'm like, you're getting a better deal by going on this trip than having me try and make a turkey for you. And they did all the traditional Thanksgiving stuff with their dad when they came back. It was perfect. They got to have fun with me on a thing that we connect over and they got to connect with their dad on, you know, he likes to make the big meal and that makes him happy. And they, they do that together. And that's great. So trying to compete with that and trying to make like, there was no point, like this was really the best way for us to have spent Thanksgiving and it was perfect. Yeah. And if you like need someone to give you permission to do something the way you want to, you actually want to do it, just take this as the permission. Um, yeah, it was great. I, I'm really happy that we just did it the way we wanted to do it because it was really fun. Yes. Um, I was proud of my mother's day this year too. Like I said, I've had good mother's day since I've mother's day since I've been divorced. Um, but this year was my favorite one. Um, I inherited this big old vintage picnic basket and I'm like, we should have a picnic. And so I bought all of this fun stuff, muffins and yummy sandwiches and orange juice and fruit and all this stuff packed it up, got myself a big coffee. We went to the park. It was a beautiful day, which in Chicago can be iffy on Mother's Day if it's going to be warm or not, but we had a great day. And we stayed at the park for, I don't know, three or four hours. We were there for a long time and the kids would come back and they would eat some food and they would go and play. And I was, you know, doing stuff on my phone and whatever and relaxing and just reading a book. I don't know. It was perfect. It was the best way to spend the day because they got to do something they wanted to do. I got some chill downtime and everybody was happy. Yeah. Well, and there's a, I also have to say that we have a funny little thing that we do for Father's Day. We have some, a special tradition for Father's Day specifically that I think is hilarious. Yes. So I think uh, one of the best ways that we have owned at Father's Day and post-divorce life is taking a girl's trip on Father's Day weekend. (laughs) (laughs) We even go to Father's Day brunch. We'll pick a spot. Well, it's Laura and I and our friend who's not allowed on the podcast, which we should probably have her on to an episode if she'll come on. But the three of us will pick a spot that we feel like would be fun and we go for a weekend. We even go for Father's Day brunch together just the three of us we go do fun things we go out at night we go to fun dinners we just hang out there's always a pool involved that we just hang out in all day it's really great I love Mm -hmm. it I think it's hilarious and it is so fun I don't know it's just like there are ways to make this whole new life of yours kind of hilarious and fun and you just have to be open to it yeah and just taking away the whatever you think it was supposed to look like yeah do what you want to do. Yeah, that is the biggest thing to hold anybody back, thinking about what something is supposed to be. What is it? Just go with what is it? What do you want it to be? Like, I think that's a better way to think about anything, to be honest. Yeah. And again, creating the traditions that you care about and pulling out the pieces of what you value, what your kids value, whatever it is. Um, And again, like I said about Thanksgiving, it's different between our two households and that's completely great. Their dad loves to cook a meal. I don't care to cook a meal. So if I've got them, we're probably always going to do something different and that will be our thing. And that's great. Like that's what works for us. 
I don't need to pretend to be someone I'm not to give them. It's like on the movie, the Santa Claus where the dad has the little boy on Christmas and he burns, tries to make a fancy dinner and he burns it and they end up at Denny's or something. Cause he was trying to do something that he's not like, you're not a gourmet chef. You're not going to make this meal for your kid. That's not who you are. Like, don't try and force something that just doesn't fit for you. Figure out what you value and what's fun or easy or whatever it is and just do that. Yeah. Like I remember when I was a freshman in college, this is me from the kid point of view. I was a freshman in college and I went to theater school. And part of the way this theater school worked is you didn't get to go home for Thanksgiving because we were rehearsing. And so I remember my mom, and this is one of my favorite Thanksgivings. Actually, my mom came up to spend Thanksgiving with me. We went to Boston Market and then we watched a movie in the dorm lobby that night. And it was so fun. It was actually one of my favorite Thanksgivings. And it was just Boston Market and a movie, uh, a movie in the lobby. And I think that's really what it is. Like, are you making memories or are you just like on a treadmill doing what you're supposed to do? Yeah. All right. A lot of people, and I want to validate, like, I'm not one of those people. Like I said, I spent Christmas alone a few Christmases ago. You and I have like done some things. And there have been plenty of holidays where I've been totally alone. And it doesn't bother me. I don't know why. Again, I have some Grinch tendencies <laughs> over here. But a lot of people really dread spending the holidays alone. It's a big deal. They have a lot of stress over. And that is so valid. And I would actually say is the way more normal and, and often common way that people feel. What is your best advice for getting through that? I think it is just then again, figure out what you value or what's important to you and still just do those things. Like again, spending Christmas Eve alone is like not high on my list. I don't care for that option. Um, but I know that I get that piece of downtime as well. And then I still get to do those things with my kids and they still understand what's, you know, what we do together, like, again, them coming in and immediately putting on their Santa PJs and posing for a picture and doing all that, they're still just as excited. And we can still do all of those things. Um, and again, like the, the zoom calls, zoom drinks, zoom dinner with people, if you can't be with people in person or finding other ways to connect with those that maybe you wouldn't have seen otherwise on that holiday, because you'd, you know, have your kids and you'd be doing all of that. So just trying to shift that or like for my kids for their birthdays, that's a big one for me. I always want to see them on their actual birthday and I might not have custody with them on that day. I always make sure that I figure out the time to take them out for ice cream or to do something special with the birthday kid so that we can still have that time together um, because that's something that I value and that's important to me and you can still make it happen. It might not be that you're spending the whole day with them, but you still get that, that piece of time in that memory. Yeah. And I, this is a larger conversation. We don't have time to go deep into it. I, I think this is a good example of how acceptance can be helpful. If you accept that you will be spending Christmas Eve or Christmas day by yourself, that actually opens you up to reimagine what that day could look like because you can waste a lot of time twirling and being upset about it. And maybe again, think about the duality, accept that you're going to be alone. That opens you up to say, all right, I'm going to be doing this solo. So what do I want my day to look like? You know, and take that step forward into designing a day that you think is fun. For me, that particular Christmas was an expensive bottle of champagne with a cheap pizza 
and movies all day in my pajamas. And it was awesome. I had a great mm-hmm. day. But I mean, yeah. I understand. I, I want to be very like, under, like, even though that is my situation quite often, it doesn't bother me, but I know it does for a lot of people. And that's just something that I hope is helpful. Just think about acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean it's okay. It just means you acknowledge that that is the truth and that is what it is and that's what it's going to be. And once you accept it, I think what makes it worse is when you try to fight something and try to make it different from what it's going to be. And then you're just stuck there. Then, yeah, you are going to have a bad day. Yeah, and I think there's also that piece too, especially around Christmas where you romanticize certain pieces of it. And the reality of it, always like a super rosy and great like yeah I love having my kids here on Christmas Eve and it's really sweet and we put out cookies for Sienna and we do all that but then you're spending like three hours trying to get them to go to sleep because no one wants to go to bed because they want to wait up for Sienna because they're so excited and then they're up at like five o'clock the next morning trying to open presents and I mean there are some pieces to it where now having some chill time and again watching that Christmas movie, having a drink, relaxing, enjoying your morning coffee on Christmas morning quietly, you know, not bad. Maybe in that too, not the most terrible because you still get to make that. I mean, the most important thing you're still making those memories with your kids when you have them, whenever that is. Yeah, I agree. All right, flip side: Have you ever spent a holiday with a date or a boyfriend post divorce? I have just once, I think, though, and it was Thanksgiving, and it was also with the kids, which was like a whole topic we haven't even gotten into, Um, but it was nice. I mean, it was different, but it was nice, Um, but that same boyfriend, actually, my first Mother's Day that I wasn't in the same, that I was when my ex had moved out. And so it was my first mother's day where my kids weren't fully in the house. I think our schedule is a little weird on mother's day. I don't think I had a ton of time with the kids with the way things worked out. Um, but that boyfriend showed up at my house with, after the kids had left with a mother's day card and a cupcake for me, which was really sweet. And like, I, you know, he was a single guy, no kids. And so I thought that was really sweet that he understood that. And I wasn't expecting that at all, obviously. And I thought that was really adorable. <laughs> Yeah, that's really sweet and thoughtful of him. Like sometimes a small gesture is just like the fact that they were thoughtful about something that really wasn't even their job is really Mm -hmm. sweet. It's really sweet. That was cute. What about you, holidays? Uh, I'm doing it for the first time this year. I haven't ever done that since divorce. It's always been just me or me and the Mm -hmm. kids. I actually, I've been dating someone for almost a year now. And, you know, we're, we're at a point where it would, it makes sense to spend holidays together, big ones. And he, you know, I hadn't brought up, I hadn't brought anything up to him because I knew I was kidless because most people do see their kids on Christmas. That's not my situation. So I was going to be completely kidless and I was nervous to bring it up, you know, that we could spend, do you want to spend Christmas together? And I was actually nervous to bring it up because I didn't want to sound pushy. I have this complex where I just don't want people to think I am attached to them saying yes. Mm -hmm. I want to bring it up. And if they say no, it's really okay. I'm not going to be upset. And it's so funny because they're not twisting about it. I'm the one that's twisting about it. They're like, this is not a big thing. Like, okay. Um, but it's my insecurity showing that I was so hesitant to bring it up. And actually I had to think about it for weeks because I was just so scared to bring it up because he's so sweet and nice. I didn't want him to feel put upon, you know, like maybe he doesn't want me there. I don't know, which is kind of ridiculous now that I say that out loud, (laughs) 
Um, but I've been working really hard on communicating more effectively, saying what I think. And this is one area where I need to get more comfortable. I just get so worried about them feeling obligated or like codependent or something. But I'm really excited. We're going to spend Christmas Eve. We're going to spend Christmas Eve together. Cookies. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to wrap gifts. He actually, turns out he doesn't have his kids either. So we're just going to have cozy Christmas Eve. And then the next day have Christmas dinner. It's going to be nice. It'll be fun. Yeah. I think it'll be really nice. Low key, which is how I like it. Mm -hmm. Sounds nice. All right. With all of this talk today about holidays and jingle bells and fireworks and Mother's Days and all those things, what is the big takeaway or learning here? I think, yeah, I mean, I think really a big thing is just taking ownership. And then like we talked about, instead of just sitting and feeling sad about things, not being how you thought they would be or how they used to be being stuck into the, well, Christmas used to be like this, or we used to do these things, but really just take ownership for where you're at now and make meaningful decisions for you that feel good for you and what you want to do and create those traditions with your kids And also don't turn holidays into a competition with your ex. I think there's enough space for everybody to be able to do things however they are going to do them. And again, figure out how you can align if that's possible with how you co-parent. If there are some things that, you know, like I've talked about sharing Santa gifts or trick or treat together, things that are like low stakes, but like, you know, that we can still do together that are great. But beyond that, like, everybody can do their own things and you don't need to one up with, with gifts or with what, you know, like all of that nonsense, like there's enough room for everybody to be an awesome parent without trying to compete. Yeah, that's for sure. I think my, um, and again, maybe it's easier for me for one. I just didn't grow up with these traditions. My family, there are a lot of holidays we straight up didn't celebrate. We did not celebrate Halloween at all Mm -hmm. because I grew up evangelical and Halloween was of the devil. So that I think I celebrated it up until I was seven. Then we went evangelical and then we were done with Halloween. But there are a lot of holidays we just didn't celebrate really. So I just have never had this big attachment to it. I, you know, there've been a lot of times I've sent notes out to family members being like, hey, do you guys want to get together for Thanksgiving or Christmas? And they always say no. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. (laughs) So maybe it's just easier for me for that. Like I don't have these big attachments to, it's always been for me and also my job, my, my job very often has me working over holidays anyway. So it's just, you know, it is what I want to make it, which I think there's value in that for other people who don't have the life that I have. For me, being flexible and unattached to things that don't matter has always been the best way to have a great holiday, no matter what it is. Don't get attached. If you get attached to a date or a tradition, it can really get in the way of the whole point, which is to create special memories. Get attached to the moments. Get attached to the connections. Get attached to spending time with people that you love or even spending time with yourself, creating good moments, good experiences. That's the part that matters. It's not the turkey. It's not like the the things, you know, that people, you know, talking to drunk Uncle Larry or whatever. Like that's not the that's not the point. One of my kids teaches me things every day. Both of my kids teach me things every day. But this one in particular, he's very sentimental. And he's always talking about spending time together and making memories. Like for what, I don't know how this kid is my kid because he is so tuned into that. And he is so thoughtful and sentimental and so sweet. And really he's right. 
that's the big thing that should matter. Not what doesn't matter is upholding the way you've always done it because that's the way you've always done it, you know, make a new way. And I think for me, that's really been a good way for me to have really fun, special holidays that I remember. Like I'm always going to remember our Thanksgiving last year where you and I just did whatever (laughs) we wanted to do. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. 100%. Anyway, well, I hope all of y'all have a great holiday season, no matter what you celebrate. Sending you a lot of good wishes with your family and that you all make lots of special memories too. Maybe with champagne and a DiGiorno. (laughs) Sounds pretty good. All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Still thirsty? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.